today, um, our hearts and our minds and our prayers go out to the French, uh, the Cowardly Act, uh, just a horrible situation over there, and knowing the French people and the government, I'm positive they will pull it together and they will move on from this as a stronger nation. Now to some positive things here, one of the fastest growing sports in the United States is field hockey. Believe it or not, the men's game is right up there moving just as quick as the girls' and women's game. I have been very lucky over the last 15 years to watch both my daughters, my oldest Amanda and my youngest McKenna, play field hockey. The game has been tremendous for them and for my family. And my way of giving back and saying thank you is by having on today the founder and chief everything, believe me when I say that, chief everything for philafieldhockey.com, which covers everything there is to do with field hockey in Bucks County, Chester County, Delaware County, Montgomery County, the Philadelphia County areas. You're talking high school, college, club games, indoor, covers national, international. The Olympics will be coming up. Pretty sure there'll be articles related to that. And Kathleen Hart, some, sorry, Kathleen Hart Simone somehow <laughs> is pulling this all together. And on top of that, she's got a big event coming up in a couple, or next Saturday, and we'll get into that in a moment. Kathleen, welcome to the show. And when I was reviewing the information this morning, just going mm-hmm. over it again, I realized, um, are you sleeping? <laughs> are you sleeping? Are you stressed? Are you buying a lot of coffee? Do your kids know you anymore? Um, Well, thank you so much for having me first. I I really appreciate the opportunity on behalf of all of the players and programs to continue to promote this amazing sport in our area. But it's busy. It's beyond busy in the fall. I think I'm about two weeks on the known stretch. Yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoy it. Both of my girls are, you know, out in the world. One is still in college. But if they were home in high school, it would be impossible to do this. Um, so I have the time right now. I have the support of my husband. And I definitely have the support of the Philly area field hockey community behind me who really seems to enjoy the site. So that keeps me motivated and going. Well, I, I saw down there, you're working closely with a national name that's about literally two minutes from my home uh, out in the uh, south or northern part of Chester County mm-hmm. in the Montgomery County long stretch. And they've been very helpful with you. They're, they're a nationally known outlet for field hockey equipment and everything else. And I'm wondering mm-hmm. how well are you guys working together? Well, they're fantastic. I mean, all of my sponsors that make the website possible have been great supporters of our programs and players. And Longstreth, I'm really excited to be partnering with them for the upcoming Senior All-Star Game, which will be next 
Sunday or two Sundays on the 22nd. Um, so yeah, Longstreth is, is really an industry leader, and it's great to have them on board and supporting all of our players. Well, let's let, you know. Let's jump right into that then, because mm-hmm. you have this All Star Game coming up. It uh, mm-hmm. comprises of it's out of 111 Philadelphia area schools, and Correct. you're taking it's a senior thing now. It's not a everything. It's a senior thing, and yes. you're taking I believe I think plus goalies there be 46 players total. Am I correct? Actually, 44. 44. We kind of narrowed the field to for goalkeepers. We'll be having two goalkeepers per team, um, assuring that each of the players, like the field players, get a half a game of playtime. Okay. Now, was this your idea or this come together through many groups? And they said, hey, you know, let's get Kathleen to do it because she really has nothing else to do. We can throw more at her. Uh, I'm wondering how it came about because if you look and you go to philafieldhockey.com, you'll be able mm-hmm. to find how it was broken down, how the players were chosen, and who the players are. And uh, have to say, with disclosure, my youngest, McKenna Averly, uh, will be playing in that All-Star game in a couple of weeks, and we're very proud of her. But how did it come about? It came about in part... Uh, this uh, a senior all-star game series similar to this had been done for many years, um, coordinated by, you know, not myself because I've only philosophy.com has only been around for it'll be two years in February. Uh, they did about four games featuring the seniors, many seniors from many different teams. I think it was four or six games, and those games mm. took place at Temple for some years. Mm. It kind of dwindled down. Um, my thought was. Let's do one game featuring the best of the best. Um, let's really give an opportunity to, you know, showcase our, our, our rising stars. Not that players that are not, you know, the best of the best are any less important because they certainly aren't. But this game has been really <laughs> well received again by the coaches and the players. I'm getting a lot of enthusiasm for it, um, and we really do have. Some of the best players in the country here. If, you know, I mean, we are the hotbed of field hockey, so it will definitely be a showdown between two teams featuring some outstanding players, highly skilled, um, you know, great field vision, uh, and and just a great opportunity to showcase our sport again. Oh, it is. It is, without a doubt. I mean, mm-hmm. again, having been a part of this all these years, going to nationals, going to different tournaments, I think we got to learn, got to know the Virginia, tra- the Virginia Beach Training Center very intimately <laughs> at one point. I think every vacation we had for about six years revolved around that training center. My favorite yeah. moment was the, the uh, tornado that was coming oh. in. <laughs> we had to go under the bleachers. So, yeah, and you know the rules. And if, if there's a lightning strike, everything stops for at least, I think, 20 minutes before you can resume again. Yeah. And if it happens again, even a minute before the 20 minutes is up, it starts yeah, the clock again. So, But that's fine. That's for the rules for the girls. Now, what I'm looking at here, you've got a great list. I actually looked at the different players on both teams. You're naming the teams mm-hmm. Freedom and Liberty. Mm-hmm. Um, you have great coaches that are part of this. A um, couple quick names. You have uh, Courtney Lepping, head coach of Central Bucks West. they got a great program. There is the head coach for Downingtown East, Stephanie Bullock. You have Eric Enters from Perky Omen Valley. 
my question would be with 111 mm-hmm. schools mm-hmm. and you know you're picking seniors mm-hmm. what was the criteria how did the it was the coaches i believe that made the picks that's correct um i did not select the players the number of players per league and there are 17 leagues in the philadelphia area of which Three, I believe, um, opted out of it. They didn't feel that they had seniors at that level to mm. compete at this, and, and perhaps they'll rejoin us next year. But those uh, 44 players, or actually 40 field players, were divided up based on the size of the league. So if you came from a, a league with 10 teams, you were going to have more players representing the senior all-star game than you were if you came from a team with four or a league with four teams. Coaches got together for their all-league selections in most cases, and in some cases it was done prior to that, picked their top seniors, um, and that's how they were selected. The goalkeepers, because obviously we couldn't have, you know, 40 goalkeepers, uh, there wouldn't be any playtime. That was done on a nomination level, and a lot of consideration was put into selecting the top four goalkeepers um, for this game. We have some tremendous goalkeepers in this area, female goalkeepers, at the college level, some of those girls are acrobatic in what they can do. I mean, because I've seen it, because my oldest went to Drexel, and I got to see top-notch Division One field hockey for four years. And some of those girls, their reflexes, cat-like. At the high school level, it's there as well. We have a girl out in the Pottstown area, Pottstown High School, uh, Ebony Riddick. Riddick. Yes, yes, she's she's making 30, 35, 25 saves a game. And she I think she's a junior this year, so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing her next year on the all-star team here. At least I expect it to be. Um, yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, it, it is incredible. The goalkeepers, because I think in part we have such incredible club programs, 14 club programs in the Philadelphia area, of which three, two are ranked in the top 10 in the country and three in the top 15, and many others, super strong clubs. So the training that these goalkeepers get is very specialized that they bring to their high school program. Certainly they get some goalkeeping coaching and support on the high school level, but a lot of it really is this specialty training that they're getting in the clubs. And um, the goalkeepers, it's remarkable. I track the statistics in eight statistical columns for all 111 high schools in the Philadelphia area. And I believe there are seven goalkeepers with a .87 save percentage or above. I mean, to save 80% of your shots. Oh, I, I was looking at the list, and we have uh, from our team out here, Owen J. Roberts, Amanda Lamb. I believe she was in that top five for a while. She might have fell out of it, but not by much. And it is amazing when you watch the game. Uh, and I'm cutting you off here because, again, I love the game. I've really grown to love it. Some of these shots are coming in real hard, real low, with deflection possibilities. Mm-hmm. I mean, these girls really do have to be very quick in reflexes, and they have to learn to play the angles, correct? Absolutely. And and they really, as a whole, are outstanding. I have to say, I've attended, I don't know, maybe 25 high school games, if not more, this season at all different levels. You know, programs that are really developing and programs truly that are tops in the country and it it blows me away the level of field hockey for high school players today um you know goalkeepers uh, any any kind of field players their skills 
it's just far above what it was even ten, five, ten years ago. You know, that, you know, Kathleen, that's down in my notes. Because mm-hmm. when we began the process 10, 15 years ago with our oldest, the game was coming. It was moving forward. Mm-hmm. Now it's so different. There's so many different leagues. There's so many different ways to go about getting training. You have the future programs, which we'll get mm-hmm. to talk about that later. You have traveling teams that go out and play throughout the country. Uh, our Olympic team is poised this year, I think, to get revenge from what happened during the London Games. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, most of those, and you said this four off the air, and you're correct, and I, well, I know you know it, a lot of those girls come from the Philadelphia or from the Pennsylvania area, the Olympic teams and the national team. Well, it's incredible. I actually just did some uh, little bit of research before we came on air here just to get some more up-to-date numbers. And on the women's national team, for instance, seven of the players are from the Philadelphia area. This is the women's national team. Another six from Pennsylvania. Half of that roster is from the state of Pennsylvania. And then when you add on the players on the U21 national team, U19 national team, and U17 national team, we're talking 20 players on the national team on the outdoor teams. And on the indoor team, we have a total of 24 players from the Philadelphia area alone on the indoor national teams. Wow, that's – wow. I mean, numbers speak, um, and and, uh, you can't deny that Philadelphia is the hotbed, and that's why it's easy to report on these teams. And there's a lot of information out there. There's a lot of interest. And we're talking a really exciting sport, as you said. I mean, it's it's not like going to the field hockey games 30 years ago where there really was a whistle blowing. Oh, we're going to get into that, Kathleen. i got to take a break, pay some bills here with this. But when we come back, we're going to talk about – how fast the game has become and mm-hmm. how the skills are so important to it. So just hang there with me for a minute. You are listening to Life on Edited. I'm your host, John Averly. Today, my guest is Kathleen Hart Simone. She is the founder, and I again say chief everything for philafieldhockey.com. We'll be back in a few moments. Welcome back to Life on Edit. I'm your host, Johnny. Really, today my guest is Kathleen Hart Simone. She is the founder of PhilafieldHockey.com. That is your everything for <laughs> field hockey here in the Philadelphia area, the counties surrounding it. Anyone, anyone listening outside of the area that gets my show through my syndicators and so forth. It doesn't matter. You can go on this site. You will find information that is boundless to be quite honest with you and you'll learn and that's the plan here in a little bit we're going to kind of get into the the game itself and how it's changed and where it's going but Kathleen please um, give us your contact information if you want people to contact you directly and then please give us the specifics for the all-star game being played November 22nd will do Uh, so the website again is philafieldhockey.com and I'm also very active on social media at Phila FH, and that's on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, I post a lot of links to all of our stories that we post and a lot of additional information on social media. And I am on Instagram, not active yet, but please go ahead and follow us on that. Once I get up and running in that in the winter, you'll be pleased. Um, best way to reach me is Kathleen at com for email. Perfect. And, um, and I'm sorry, go ahead. Tell us, and maybe I zoned out there for a second, uh, the specifics for next week. 
Yes, the senior all-star game. Yes, ma'am. The top 44 <laughs> players, senior players from the Philadelphia area. So these players are selected by the coaches from 17 leagues from 111 schools. will play at Christopher Dock High School on uh, Sunday, November 22nd at 1 o'clock. It's a free game. Come, enjoy, watch some great high-powered hockey, and support our athletes. And I would be totally remiss, remiss if I do not do this, and I will catch hell at home mm-hmm. if I do not do this. I want to sh- give a shout-out to the Owen J. Roberts Field Hockey Girls. This year they wow. won Pac-10. Uh, they got through districts, got a bid into states. Unfortunately, it ended in a downpour in Hershey the other night. But those girls have been playing together since sixth grade, and this was their run. And I want to say thank you for the memories, because I had a blast watching it. And I would like to congratulate, from my area, uh, the girls that made the All-Star Game for Team Liberty. My daughter, McKenna Aberly, a forward. Uh, Maddie Alliford from Ithacton High School, who is is a midfield. Uh, Julie DeMuller, defense from Upper Perk. Claire Kraft, goalkeeper, Springford. Nettie Montez, midfield from Owen J. Roberts, my high school there. And uh, Rose Moore, forward from Phoenixville. And girls, good luck. Eric enters one of the coaches, Perky Oman Valley. Now, getting back to this this game that has grown so much mm-hmm. in the last, we're going to say it, it's really exploded in the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Where does your background come in? Obviously, you played the sport. Mm-hmm. Is it something you gravitated towards? As a young girl going into your teenage years, because Title IX in 73 there uh, changed everything. If people don't remember or don't know, Title IX gave equal rights to girls as far as sports go. And that was at the elementary school level all the way to college. So how did you fit into this mix? It's, it's interesting because it's, it's been a steadfast in my life. I mean, I really have an incredible passion for the game. I started playing in middle school. I played in high school at Plymouth White Marsh. And then I was fortunate enough to play at Temple University. I played both field hockey and lacrosse there. Mm. And again, really fortunate because my, the field hockey team, when I was there, made the, the final four two years. We won the national title in uh, lacrosse. So very fortunate to be surrounded by outstanding athletes my whole life. Um, from there, I did some high school coaching. I was a booster at my daughter's club team, okay. helping with fundraising. I refed. I was a parent of a college player. I was an assistant AD at that at that point. At another point, overseeing some coaching, and now the founder and editor of PhilipfieldHockey.com. So I feel like <laughs> all of my experiences, having worn literally every hat as a ref, a player, a parent of a player, an athletic administrator, overseeing coaches, I mean, it's really very valuable in, in for the website now because I do see it from a lot of different perspectives. And I think that really helps me keep um, a perspective on making sure that I cover our top athletes and also give recognition and shout outs and appreciation to those players that are really role players on their teams um, that are not necessarily the stars of the team. They are equally important and I want to make sure that they have a place on our website as well. Um, the unsung heroes. Yeah, I think yeah, they, that's, are. That's, they really are. And it's funny, when I was coaching high school, I coached at several clubs at their high schools and toward the end of that coaching career, I realized it was time for me to move on because I was a highly 
aggressive and competitive player and a competitive coach at first. But mm-hmm. the older I got, the more I found myself focusing more on did I get everyone in the game? Did Susie play enough time? <laughs> and I just, you know, that comes with age. Yeah, and so um, I was like, okay, it's time for me to, to bow out from that that role. Um, and now I'm actually back to Colonial Field Hockey, helping out just a little bit with the 3-4 team, third and fourth grade team, which is right at my level. Um, but it's great to be involved with the, the youth program as well. So, um well, I will it's, say, it's just been a great journey. And, and it's obvious your love and passion for the game. Uh, going on the website, philofieldhockey.com, and I started to really utilize it uh, this past season. I was amazed at the statistics that you keep. And we talked about that a little bit yesterday off the air, mm-hmm. pre-interview. Uh, I'm a huge baseball fan, and everything about baseball is statistics. I mean, it's just what it is. I think Kevin Costner said that we... Baseball keeps records of everything, and most of it doesn't even matter, but that's what we do. And I was very happy to see that you kept records for the goalies, uh, for defensive saves. It just wasn't the offensive players that were getting their Mm -hmm. moment of glory. You were covering everything. And when we talk about unsung heroes, uh, the offense, I mean, they're always there. You're going to see them. They score a goal. It's very obvious. Mm -hmm. Defense... I think defense gets a lot of credit because you can see when a stop has been made or a defender has cleared the ball to take the pressure off. Goalies are an obvious thing because when they make a save, especially a spectacular save, everyone sees it. I think it's the mids. The mids Hmm. are the unsung heroes because they're pulling back on defense. Then they're Mm -hmm. expected to transition out of that, get the ball up to the offensive players, and then Mm -hmm. jump into the play with them at some point. Yeah, I mean, but they also typically, they really can be the backbone of your team. They can. I mean, yeah, and heck, if I was playing now, I would definitely want to play midfield because you Mm. get the best of both worlds. You get to be in that defensive circle. You get to be in that offensive circle. Um, So it's, but, you know, statistically, maybe they don't rack up as many goals. That's where Um, I was going with it. You don't really see them. I mean, you'll see the names in there. But it's not like you see when it's on offense and you have your forwards. That's why I think they're they do so much. They're the unsung. Um, yeah, I guess. I mean, for some perspective, I think you watch any game. Anyone that knows the sport well, or maybe doesn't even know it well, it's pretty easy to pick out those players that make it work and that make the team successful. And you know, oftentimes. Not all the time. It is the midfielders. And as much as I really enjoy sharing the statistics, and it's obvious that the readers love it. I mean, it blows up as far as page visits and the amount of retweets. Um, It's definitely not the full picture of what makes a player or a program successful. And I think, again, that's where I was trying to go with it. Because you just Mm – it's a snapshot, like you said. And I just think – and there's really no way of keeping statistics. I mean, there's some mids that are very offensive in what they do. But I, I just sometimes feel when I'm watching the game, I just feel like, God, that person really should get a little more recognition because they're handling the middle of the field where everything's happening. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting when you look at some of the top programs um, for high school, for instance. Mm-hmm. Let's just um, And you look at the, the Philly area stat leaders where I track the top ten stat leaders in eight statistical categories. And – you will find that some programs, such as Episcopal, I'm going to give them a little shout-out here, ranked fourth in the country, mm. um, uh, uh, continually has always been a, a 
a powerhouse. Um, they don't have any people in the top goal scorers, assists, or points because they are so deep and they rely on a lot of players for their success. So it doesn't necessarily make that team better, but it yeah. makes that team very different than you look at you know some of the other programs where you have players tallying 60 goals or yeah. you know and um, wow that team's remarkable too so it's it depends it, it on the system it's a it, de- mm-hmm. it, it depends on the system they're running what i've grown to like about field hockey is the quickness of the game especially on the turf now there a lot of teams are getting away from playing on grass i think at the college level there is no grass fields anymore uh, I think that's, I'm sure that's yeah. the case, yeah. So, and the game opened up because of that. The stick skills became very important, and knowing how to pass became Absolutely. very important. And, yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. I think the biggest change, John, that has mm-hmm. made the game, if I had to point out in my, is the self-start role. Yeah, that's I only been what, in effect for like four or five years. I think less than that. You know, I should yeah. know, but I want to say maybe four years, and that is the rule that really revolutionized the game and made the game not only more fun to play, but definitely more fun to watch. And for people that don't know the game, the self-start is the whistle's blown, you can start right away with the ball. You don't have to wait, wait till people move five yards away, take a free hit. So the game is a continuous flow. Um, it's continuous motion, and I've had people, friends and family that have not seen the game in years come out to a game and text me and said, uh, is this the same sport? Like, I never, I didn't know that the players ran so much and did so much. Um, in fact, it's interesting. Did you know that field hockey players run, on average, 5.6 miles a game? Oh, I believe it, because if you're watching, and I'll even go with forwards on this, uh, sometimes they're called to pull back into, into the defensive zone, and then they're expected to sprint out of there and mm-hmm. get down the field with the ball to get into the offensive side of the game. The, even now, today's game is so much more. Defenders are coming up. They're jumping mm-hmm. up into the play. If you got a good defender who can pass well, who can clear well, they're pulling them up into the, into the, you know, into the play. Uh, some of these girls are... Are, are really, like you said, running. And oh. it's good for them, obviously, great for them, but it's great for the game because it's constant, you said constant movement. Even with whistles, because of the self-start, the game yes. is constantly flowing. It really is. I mean, gone are the days when the defensive back stood back at the 25-yard line. I mean, she is up above the 50, mm-hmm. you know, um, and it, it is dynamic, it is powerful, and it is strong. And I'm not knocking lacrosse. I love the sport. I have a daughter that plays in college. You know, I, I absolutely have a great passion for that sport. But on lacrosse, when the whistle blows, people stop, and the game stops. You have to stop on the whistle. I mean, there is a ton of running in that sport, but it is not the continuous flow of field hockey. No, no, not yeah. at all. It's mm-hmm. so changed. And, Kathy, we're going to go another break. Then mm-hmm. we're going to come out of that. We're going to get a little bit more deeper into the game itself and really how you know the exposure that the Philadelphia area gives to field hockey. You're listening to Life Unedited. I'm your host, John Aberly. Today, my guest is Kathleen Hart-Simone. She is the founder, and I'm going to keep saying it, chief everything for philafieldhockey.com. Be back in a moment.
Welcome back to Life Unedited. I'm your host, John Aberly. My guest today is Kathleen Hart Simone. She is the founder, I'll keep saying it again, chief everything for <laughs> PhilipFieldHockey.com. And I'm not kidding. Go on the website, PhilipFieldHockey.com, and look at all the information that is there. I mean, it is endless, especially the statistics. Oh, come on. Kathleen, I'm looking. You've got the colleges, the local colleges down. You've got yes. the local high schools, which, as we talked earlier, it's about 111, 112 high schools in the area. Then you're going to start covering the club teams now and uh, the indoor leagues. And we'll yes. get into the indoor in a little bit because that's made a huge difference in how field hockey is played and, and how it's followed as a sport as well but for you know philadelphia here mm-hmm. now when you look at and you said it earlier you look at the national olympic teams there's a a lot of people from pennsylvania and a lot of them are clustered here in our area mm-hmm. the northeast itself has always been a hotbed for field hockey can you give us a little history to why because you think you would think the game would be very popular in the South because of the more year-round, better weather. Uh, you you just would assume that, but mm-hmm. you know, I, and I know it's moving there. But how did we get here with the Northeast and in yeah. particular our area? And you're right; it is growing in the South, thanks thankfully, which is outstanding. But really, the origin of field hockey started right here. Um, Long story short, Constance Appleby, who's the, you know, the founder of, of field hockey that brought it from England to the U.S. in the early 1900s, she actually started the first kind of, I guess you could say, intercollegiate play, although it was obviously not NCAA-sanctioned events, um, out of Bryn Mawr College. Um, and so she was there for 26 years at Bryn Mawr College, played lots of local teams, introduced the game there, um, became... Uh, involved in USA field hockey and developing their programs and launched her own magazine. I, I, I recently mm. found out called The Sportswoman, really promoting uh, field hockey first and then other women's sports. Um, established a camp called Camp Tegawitha that many people from my generation will remember very fondly. And it was really the camp to go to in the Poconos. And they had international level coaches, mm. which, I mean, back then, we're talking in the 80s, 70s, 80s, 90s, was kind of unheard of. Um, so she really developed the program here in Philadelphia. All of the super strong collegiate programs were, you know, were starting in the Philadelphia area. And thankfully, it's kind of remained here. We have 19 Philadelphia area colleges that play NCAA field hockey. That's a lot. Yes, it is. And, um They've all enjoyed, you know, different successes. I know Penn this year had a had a breakout season and and just narrowly missed making the NCAA tournament. But I think our history and our roots are here, and as a result, there isn't a high school there isn't a high school around this area that doesn't offer field hockey. There's very few. Whereas if you head other parts of the country, not all the schools have it. You know, it's interesting. Um, I was joking about uh, Virginia Beach and the Olympic Training Center and mm-hmm. several summers basically vacationing down there based around this. But in the last couple of years, uh, someone got the good idea, the bright idea of we're going to bring it closer to us. We're the center of the sport, Pennsylvania, in it, especially in our area. 
And there was a new facility that was built out in Lancaster. I believe it's called the Nook. Yes. And I, my daughter, both my daughters have seen it. My wife has seen it. Uh, my youngest has been out there. She's, she's played in it for whatever they were doing. I have yet to see it. But oh, I understand it's, it's tremendous. I understand they really, and now they're bringing tournaments, high-end national tournaments here into our area, striking distance where you can drive to them. It, it's, we are, again, so fortunate. The U.S. field hockey team used to, their training facility was in Colorado. They've since moved to the Nook, which mm. is the home of hockey. And the Nook also houses a lot of other things, you know, soccer, they have indoor rock climbing walls, everything. It's not a field hockey exclusive facility. But there, I believe, I know they have a full indoor uh, field under a huge dome. And I, I can't recall if it's one or two outdoor fields. I've been there a couple times. But so the U.S. field hockey team, that is their home. Those girls live and train in Lancaster. So they, we have opportunities as fans of the game to go just, you know, an hour from our home, you know, in many cases closer rather than trekking out to Colorado to see um, exhibition games, um, you know, different events. And so that is, again, just building and building and building on our Philly area field hockey. Now, again, we were talking about changes to the sport mm-hmm. over the last 10, 15 years. Obviously, I think going or eliminating grass to the best of any school's capabilities and going to turf has made a huge difference. Now they have turf specifically designed for the game of field hockey. It's like a carpet, and yes. it really, really quickens the game. And it definitely um, does. Yeah, the AstroTurf versus the field turf, and, and the ball moves differently. It's a wet turf. Um, the ball moves quicker, and pretty much every NCAA Division One program, with the exception of a few, will play on that surface. Um, and some of the D2 and D3 programs, a lot of them have designated um, AstroTurf surfaces, and, and probably more than most. And some do still play on the um, multi-surface turf, which is still a huge step up from the grass from you know yesteryear. I think you can see that if you're a parent and your daughter's just getting started in the game and she's young, you're, they're going to play on grass more than likely. And trust me, parents, stick with it because as they get older, they'll move to the turf and the game really opens up and it gets exciting. Inside mm-hmm. the game, Kathleen, mm-hmm. uh, and we were talking about how the mids you know, do a lot of the dirty work, I think, the transitioning, moving up, jumping into the play, goalies, everything forwards. What is... You had to give me one thing about field hockey when you're watching a game, a good game. I mean, a game between two really good teams. What's the one thing that stands out for you that makes the game? Hmm. I know it's hard because I'm asking you to pin down one thing of something you love so much. Is it the flow? Um, I think that, for me, it's the combination of power and poise. Um. It is a extremely powerful game with a very hard hit ball and a very aggressive nature. And yet, to be a successful player and to be an successful program, you have to have poise. I mean, um, and so to watch the two in tandem, in one player that can possess both of those, and in, and in one team that can possess both of those attributes, to me. It's a beautiful thing. I just really, you know, I remember reading an article that Rachel Dawson wrote about something about holding a stick just made her feel powerful. And field hockey for me and a lot of other people 
just has a, a power over us that, um, you know, no matter what age, you get hooked and, and you're a fan for life. Now, we were also talking yesterday a little bit, uh, some of the ways to score the corner. Uh, mm-hmm. If you can explain that to the audience and how that works in a moment. Uh, it has its good points for me. It has its bad points for me. But it's a big part of the game. It's a huge part of the game. And it's mm-hmm. also an exciting part of the game. I have to say that. Can you explain to the audience what that is and how it kind of came about? Well, a corner, similar to soccer, if there's a, a foul or an infraction inside the circle, the, the attacking team is awarded a corner where they can have as many offensive players up on the circle to receive a pass, and the defense has a limited number of players based on whether it's outdoor or indoor. Um, it is a huge opportunity for the attacking team to score. And, you know, as we discussed a little bit yesterday, it really is a power play, and it mm. really is uh, a unique part of the game. It's great when you go to a game, especially a college game, and the flow of the game's going, it's great. And then a team draws a corner, and just the buildup and the excitement until that ball's put in. I mean, we're talking, this is your chance to, to break a 0-0 game or come from behind 2-1. I mean, this is your chance. So it's truly pivotal. Um, it's it's great. I mean, there's there's nothing like it. And there are teams that can execute a corner, especially, you know, I've seen college teams that it, they are awarded one, and you're like, it's almost money in the bank. Um, high school teams typically have so many more corners because there's quite a few more fouls. So I don't think it's quite as a wow factor because it's a little bit more common but nonetheless it's it's an exciting part of the game it takes some skill um if you watch it close enough for the inserter to 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 bring it out to the person who stops him you got you got to make a nice pass there's like a three it's almost like a field goal in football there's a three-step process to this you have the Mm -hmm. inserter passing it out has to be a good hard smooth crisp pass you have Mm -hmm. normally someone stopping it and then you have the hitter coming up, winding up, and just drilling it, or they're shooting to a spot looking for someone who's rushing in to deflect it. So it does have a little bit of everything that you're looking it, it, for that makes the game exciting. It really does. And how about the fact that there can be zero on the clock? Yeah, the and game doesn't team, end on a corner. The game doesn't end. So if your team's awarded a corner with one second on the clock, and it takes you, let's say, 15 seconds to set it up, if that ball goes in before it's released from the from the circle, you can win. I mean, that's pretty cool. Uh, so, we, we, uh, we lived it with the Mayus this year. They got us down to zero time. Uh, they had the corner, they kicked it out, and they tied it at 2-2 and yeah. went on to win in overtime. So, yes, I lived it. We all lived it there. <laughs> it was an <laughs> Good experience. Good or bad. It depends on what side you're sitting on. Yeah, absolutely. But we all saw it coming, so it made it even worse. Kathleen, stay with me. We're going to roll into another break, then we're going to come back mm-hmm. with the last segment, and we're going to talk the future of the game, uh, the future of what you're doing, and okay. just a few more little insights into the game itself. You're listening to Life Unedited. I'm your host, John Averly. Today, my guest is Kathleen Hart-Simone. She is the founder, and I'll just do it this way now, fieldhockey.com. Be back in a moment. Back to Life Unedited, the final segment. My guest today is Kathleen Hart-Simone. She is the founder 
of philafieldhockey.com. Kathleen, contact information, please, and give us the details of the upcoming All-Star Game and how people can you know, be there next week and, and really enjoy the moment of seeing all these special kids play. Okay, terrific. So it's philafieldhockey.com. You can reach me at Kathleen at philafieldhockey.com and on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at philafh. The Senior All-Star Game will be Sunday, November 22nd at Christopher Dock High School in Lansdale at 1 o'clock p.m., showcasing the top 44 senior high school players um, in the Philadelphia area and really some outstanding coaches. Um, I do want to give a shout-out to the coaches for the Freedom Team as well. Gina Buggy from EA is a, nat- a number four national ranking. Dan Polders will be another coach for Team Freedom. They won the. Uh, he's from Villa Marie Academy. They won the AA state championship last year. And Aaron Curtis from the incredible Unionville team this year, District 1 champions. 23 and 0 record entering state semifinals today. Um, so, oh yeah, we, we also we lost to them too in districts. So. Oh, they, they, they are they're incredible. They I think pass. the minute I hang up with you, I'm going to run mm-hmm. out to that game. I'm going to tell you something. They pass so well, and they and they move the ball so well. They actually make you run and chase it. I, I was very excited mm-hmm. watching them and also very depressed in watching them. That is them. a team that, in my opinion, and I've seen a lot of games, um, they play with an incredible maturity for a high school team. They have mostly and sophomores, am I correct? Yes, yeah. they have an unbelievably strong sophomore class with Aaron Matson, who I believe second um, in goal score average yeah. in the Philadelphia area. Um, they have an incredibly talented goalkeeper, other midfielder support. And when you see them playing other teams, you can often see two distinctive styles. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's always a great matchup. Yeah, we plan on going to the state championship, and I can't remember where it's being played at. And I think it's the night before the All-Star game is. And it we've is. Been, because we're expecting to see Palmyra there and probably Emmaus. We're not, you know, but pretty sure Palmyra is going to be there. Well, I'm very hopeful. We have five Philadelphia area teams standing in the AA, uh, AAA, and AA games. All five play today. Ooh. So we've got uh, Unionville, Conestoga, Downingtown East, Villa Maria, and Archbishop Carroll. And then for NCAA teams in the Philadelphia area, we have three teams standing. I'm sorry, two teams. Mm-hmm. Westchester, yep. where your daughter will be playing next year, Thank which is you. a fantastic program. They play today at noon. They, they're seated number three um, in Division One teams for the national tournament. They're playing number two, Millersville. And then uh, Ursinus, number four, plays today at noon as well. And that's 10 um, minutes from my house. Three. Ursinus, yeah. literally 10 minutes from my house, and they have a great – they've always had – Oh. A very good program. They've they've always been competitive in the league they play in. And they are a program too. Not a lot of well, not a lot of stars. Although that Megan Keenan is mm-hmm. the uh, divisions or the uh, Centennial Conference Player of the Year for the second consecutive year. She is phenomenal. But they have an incredible amount of depth, and they hold their opponents to. I mean, a, a ridiculously low amount of goals. Um, they're not huge powerhouses and putting the ball in the goal, but they really are uh, good at at uh, keeping the opponent from scoring. So that's going to be a great matchup, and it'll be great to see those two teams continue on. You know, let's hope they can advance to uh, the next round. It'd be nice. Now, 
in the last couple of minutes, and <clears throat> excuse me, there I'm choking. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about the indoor game, which kind of mm-hmm. came about within the last 10 to 12 years. I remember when our oldest came home and was talking about the indoor game, and it's played inside a hockey rink or most of the mm-hmm. time, unless you go to nationals where it's played inside some convention center and they have little <laughs> boards running and you use the boards. Oh, yeah. Who came up with the idea of indoor field hockey and how is it benefiting the game and the player at this point? I, I don't know the history behind it, how mm-hmm. it started. I wish I could help you with that. That's something I'll need to look into. But <laughs> it is a blast. The kids love it. It's a 6v6 format where players can hit the ball off the boards, as you say, and field rebounds. So it brings in a whole other skill set that you need to be able to do that. Um, and Without question, undoubtedly, players will elevate their skill set, which will help them prepare for the fall outdoor season because in such a a small area, so tightly marked, you need to be able to dribble well. You need to be able to have a quick-release reverse shot. You need to be able to to react even quicker, and that just helps your game. Um, Our clubs in this area are amazing, and and to watch any team, U14, U16, U19, you know, it's it's outstanding. I don't know that I've ever known a player that has played indoor that hasn't loved it. It's very dynamic. It's even faster moving than the outdoor game. And, uh, you know, what I was curious about, too, and now we got some great, again, where I'm out, out where I'm at, I'll promote the people out there. Uh, you have mm-hmm. Excalibur, Westchester Eagles, who mm-hmm. seem to be dominating everything the last five years. And then you have the Vipers program as well, which is an excellent program. Mm-hmm. It's amazing to see how many kids have come to the indoor game and then find the outdoor game later. Yeah, you do see that now. Yeah. You, it used to always be that the outdoor fed the indoor, but you actually see people entering the indoor, especially at the younger levels. And I think it's interesting that in the Philadelphia area alone, we have added three new clubs that will enter competition in the 2015-2016 season, indoor season. Three new ones. I mean, that's how many players out there want to play. So within those five counties, we have 14 clubs, of which, you know, I mean, they're all great. They are. Um, and, and, you know, sometimes it's about finding that club that's closest to you, to be honest. You know, you don't have to schlep all the way out to far away land like you used to 10 years ago. Hey, tell um, me about it. I got, to, yeah. I got to know Western PA very well. Places in Maryland, places in New York, because as you were saying, the game wasn't at that level then. Now mm-hmm. there's so many. You're really not traveling far for tournaments. No, it's it's fantastic. And for our indoor programs, we will I will finish our players of the week for outdoor, which include our attacker of the week, team of the week, defender of the week, and student athlete of the week. That will end in about two weeks or three weeks. I have it on my calendar. And then the next week, we roll right into indoor. That's how closely seamed the two programs are. So we will continue with our Player of the Week program for indoor teams as well. Um, So there's really not much of a break for the kids. They've been practicing indoor for about two weeks now. Um, But they love it because although it is still hockey, it's really a different animal. On a a note here that I found interesting, first with the indoor game real quick, uh, Mm -hmm. they went from five field players to four. And now they're back to five. Do you understand why they made those changes back and forth? Um, I wish I knew those statistics. I mean, I wish I had that firm in my head. For some reason, I'm thinking 
six. I guess I'm thinking of keep. Well, no, um, six would be if you get the, you know you got the goalie, and then there were five out on the field. Yes. Then they went to four out on the field, and now they're back to five. And we were trying to figure out at home what the rationale was, and I was curious if you would know. I don't, other than they really keep a great um, pulse on the game and continually work to improve that game. Um, the national, the head national indoor coach is June Kentwell from WC Eagles, oh, which is the number one ranked. Oh, yes, yes, I know June. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, to have her in her own backyard and running the national program, I mean, she really keeps a, a tight pulse on on what's going on in that game, and I'm sure is, you know, involved in those decisions. But um, again, just all we have so many great clubs um, in our area. Very fortunate for our girls. With the game itself, mm-hmm. as quickly as it's moving, it's evolved so much in such a short period of time. And you were mm-hmm. right; the self start has opened the game up offensively, and it's made mm-hmm. for a much more exciting game. The changes over to, to you know synthetic turf going to astroturf mm-hmm. has also made it incredible. In the two minutes I got left, yep. uh, the future of field hockey itself, how you see it, and then the future of you know uh, of fillafieldhockey.com. So you got two minutes. <laughs> oh wow! Um, the game's just going to—they're going to continue to just upgrade it and and polish it and make it even more player and fan accessible how that will happen i'll leave that in the in the you know to the experts i with that self-start change and with some changes on the college end this year regarding uh corners and long hits i'm not really sure what that next step will be as far as fill a field hockey um some other ideas that i kind of have in the works for next year in the fall will i'm definitely going to be expanding on the rules and interpretations and an expanded umpire section on the website to bring some clarity to, to fans and even players. And I'm hoping to do some live broadcasting from some games in the fall, um, which will be exciting. You can join me here. I've already kind of put that in motion here at the station to call some Westchester games. Yes. So if you want to come, you're more than welcome. Thank you. Oh, be, Thank be, you. It'll be my pleasure. And real quick, mm-hmm. uh, contact information for yourself again and give us that quick rundown of the All-Star game coming up and how people can go. Okay. PhilipsfieldHockey.com. On email, Kathleen at com. Definitely follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at FH. Senior All-Star Game will be Sunday, November 22nd at Christopher Dock High School in Lansdale at 1 o'clock p.m. with the top 44 seniors from the Philadelphia area. Excellent. Kathleen, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I know we'll be staying in touch, especially talking about the possibilities. I just came up with maybe doing some announcing together, and I will definitely introduce myself to you at the uh, All-Star Game in a couple weeks. Thank you so much. It's, it's been terrific. I'm honored to be here on behalf of all of our teams and players. Well, again, it's a great game, and it's been so good to my daughters and my family overall. Uh, to give back is my pleasure. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Kathleen. Fire!